Welcome to GT Radio on the Geek Therapy Network. Here at Geek Therapy, we believe that the best way to understand each other and ourselves is through the media we care about. My name is Josue Cardona, and I'm joined by Lynn Keller. Hello, friends. Laura Taylor. Hey. The one and only Mark Quidis. Hello. Mark, it's your turn. What are we talking about today? Ooh, all right. So it's funny because I, I feel like I baited all of you guys. I was talking about how I recently went to go see It's a Wonderful Life. And you get, we thought we were going to go Christmas movie type thing. And I was like, nope, let's get deep and knit and gritty. And I wanted to talk more about the idea of exploring what life would be like if you or if someone didn't exist or was no longer around. So to kind of give a little context for that, um, for those that haven't seen It's a Wonderful Life, it kind of talks a little bit about that without getting, I mean, I, I don't know. I guess, Spoiler alert for an 80-year-old yeah. movie. <laughs> exactly. I was like, should, it's, should I? It's in the public do domain the at this point. Like, yeah. It's a- <laughs> so with, with it's, a, it's a Wonderful Life, um, it talks about this guy named George Bailey and his life. And on Christmas Eve, he has this very, like he he's reaching this very focal point in his life of deciding whether or not he should kill himself to sort of save his family's business and save his family from um, potential like fraud and whatever and, and just basically getting destroyed. Um, so he decides that maybe he's better off dead than alive because then at least people will be better off. And so then his guardian angel comes by and sort of shows him a brief glimpse of what life would be like as if he had never existed and he realizes like all the the lives he's touched and the people he's impacted and all the good he's done despite giving up his own dreams to travel the world and things like that and ultimately it's he gains an appreciation for his life and then when he kind of returns he's very grateful and then everybody sort of comes together to sort of help him out because he spends his entire life helping out everybody else. Now, when he's finally in trouble, everybody comes together to help him. So, yeah. And so the bait and switch was, hey, let's watch Christmas movies. JK, let's talk about some dark, deep stuff. Ugh, yeah. AKA Mark wants therapy on the show. That is... <laughs> <laughs> You know, that is one spin to it. Or it could just be, I just like deep philosophical questions. And so then I like to hear your perspectives on it. That's true. I'm curious, why why is this question on your mind? So, so um, here in Chicago, there... It's like a whole event thing with this movie. Um, it goes at, at plays at the Music Box Theater, and when people go there, they have like they go completely decked out with Christmas stuff. There's like a Christmas sing along, and then it goes into the movie, and it's like a it's a fun little show. So my first time going to see, one even see this movie and two experiencing this show was last year, and when I watched it last year, it got me it. it I left the movie sort of thinking. I was like, oh, that's a very interesting way to kind of view things. And I was thinking to myself, like, oh, I wonder about the people maybe I've impacted or how do I want my 
legacy to sort of play out in life you know like how do i want that to be carried or how do i want people to view me so then this time around one i was very exhausted watching this movie because we watched it at 9 45 at night so i was already all sorts of crazy wonky um, and what speed did you watch it <laughs> normal speed <Okay>. so <laughs> i had to really slow myself down um but so when we when we left it this time around that's when the idea of not being around or being better off dead was like something that i started thinking about because then i started thinking about other forms of media or other things that i've seen that have touched on that um this is kind of a throwback for me but i the first thing that came to my head immediately was this fairly odd parents episode where (laughs) where he makes the wish that he wishes he was never born but instead of showing like how everyone's life was worse it shows that everybody's life was in fact better because he wasn't born and then the whole episode is like now we're gonna throw you in this pit of children who wish they were never born and made the world a better place but what ultimately saved him was there was one person that was negatively impacted by him not being around and i think that was tootie and so because of her pain he was then able to like oh nope see look and now i'm back and now i'm back to making everybody's life somewhat miserable again but at least he's back and now he has a better appreciation for his life but i'm curious as to uh if there's anything you guys have seen or read or you know anything like that that has sort of touched on this topic and what were your guys' thoughts feelings opinions on these things all right so so i think there's two different versions that i was thinking about because there's the one where you actually get to see the world without you or a different version of you so like back to the future right um something changes come back um things are different but then there's the other one like like spider-man no way home right where they just forget uh you completely but your your the effects of your actions of your life before that moment are still there like you Mm -hmm. saved mj's life mj is still alive right there's a they don't remember you but um but the impact was still there. Yeah. Yeah. So I think there's a big difference of, you know, everybody be better off if I wasn't around anymore versus the, you know, everybody be better off if I was never born. So I've seen both types of stories. Um, yeah. So I just wanted to put that there. Can, can we talk about both of them or, or, or not? Ab- absolutely. Okay. Okay. Am I missing any in this and in anything, Laura? Like, <clears throat> I was going to say that the the interesting thing about this topic is that most of the time, and I can't, I, I, I'm sure I'm going to pull specific ones out of my brain because I know I've seen several forms of this kind of theme, but most of the time the message is that like people are better with you around and you don't want to, like the message is supposed to be most of the time that, yeah, you should appreciate your life or appreciate being around because people are better off with you there than without you. Um, But the first example that came to my mind was butterfly effect. Uh, (laughs) And the director's cut where literally he 
That's an Ashton Kutcher joint, right? That's an Ashton Kutcher joint, and in the director's cut, the alternate ending where he basically kills himself in the womb and is not born ever, and apparently everyone was better off without him. (laughs) But, yeah, I think that it's interesting to think about. It's along the lines of, like, the time travel stuff, and that's usually where these things kind of come up is someone does something and you're not in this person's life or whatever, and then you see the effects of that. Um, But that theme of, like, usually the story is about how, yeah, you should be around and you should be glad that you're alive. Um, I I mean, I know we talk about the artist's intention, right? Or if what they're, like, are they trying to send a message? Are they trying to teach something? that's not always the case, but I think, I mean, obviously in It's a Wonderful Life, that's, that seems to be very clearly the thing, mm-hmm. you know, you're spending an hour and a half just showing this guy's life and then suddenly, you know, when he's freaking out at one point and he wants to end it, it's like, nah, like, let me just show you real quick um, the positive effect you've had. Like you, your, your struggles were not in vain. You actually helped a lot of people and they appreciate it. And it was a good reminder um, for him. Um, also, in that movie, it's like if he would have waited ten minutes, like or fifteen mm-hmm. or a little bit, right? Like the whole town would have was coming over to help him anyway. <laughs> or if he had learned how to effectively communicate his struggles and his own feelings and emotions instead of trying to do it all himself things would have turned out a lot differently. But then the movie would be longer because you'd have to go through therapy. Mm-hmm. Even a therapy montage would have just added well, months I mean, to the runtime. Honestly, even if he was just like, if he told us like, hey, listen, this happened. I'm flipping out. I don't know what to do. I'm scared. Hey, okay. Let's, we'll call everybody okay. up. We'll figure it out. No, okay, look, this is this is a, a tangent, and I don't mean to, I don't really <clears throat> want to go down this tangent, but uh, the part that was relatable for me was that, like, he kept, when you start, that right when it starts off, you know that he's got big plans, he wants to leave that town, but things keep happening, and he keeps choosing to stay, because for the sake of other people, right? Like he's going to help other people. He's going to help with his father's business. He's going to do, and he never, on the day of his wedding, right? He's like, again, he's all excited. They've got all this money. They've got all these plans. And once again, he, again, it's still his choice, but he's making the choice for other people. Um, Actually very selfless. And so, right, for it to come all crashing down and, in one moment like that. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's a lot of, that's decades worth of, of stuff. Like even the first example that they show when he's a kid, he saves his brother at the cost of, um, losing his hearing in one, in, in one ear. It's like every time, everything that they show, he always sacrifices something. And yeah, that's like a huge buildup. So, I don't, I don't think he'd ever exploded that way. <laughs> now I'm hoping he goes to therapy and learns, you know, some anger management. Oh, for sure. wonderful 100%. life, too. <laughs> Coming to Disney Plus. It's a wonderful <laughs> session. 
a wonderful quite, treatment plan. <laughs> I appreciate that in in it's a wonderful life. It is like flashbacks to things that have happened and reframing them in like, hey, you were pretty focused on like your experience here, but like here's how it looked literally like from the outside you're standing over here and watching it. Mm-hmm. Um I think that that's a, a fun reflection on uh Christmas Carol, which is a very popular story told over yeah. and over and over again, which does a flash forward and shows like, hey, when you're dead, everybody's really stoked on it. And that is like a moment to be like, I need to change. I like that they're both sort of reframing of like, get outside of your head and sort of see how other people are interacting with you and the actions you take and your intentions and how they come across to other people. And having that sort of reframe the protagonist's viewpoint about their current situation. Yeah, I like that uh, idea that it's reframing the things for you. I have conversations with clients all the time about, like, you can't read other people's minds and know what they're thinking or know how they see the situation. You have to have a conversation with them or try assuming, like, best intentions or whatever. Um, Not everyone is staring at you. Not everyone thinks you're awkward or weird. Some people might, uh, but some people might like that. So um, having that outside view, which a lot of the time we can't get unless we are recording ourselves all the time, uh, having that depicted in a in a movie is is a good way to use that magic for good. <laughs> it's hard work to reflect on your actions so quickly that it mm-hmm. you know that it it's almost like you're observing your own behavior that's really hard it's really hard and it's also really flawed because as we've talked about on this show several times human memory is garbage well well right right but but i mean like the idea of like as you're doing things right like mm-hmm. i think that that's something that i've been working on for the past few years it's like noticing what i'm doing yeah not just reflecting on it, like, oh, what did I do yesterday? That started getting shorter to what did I do 10 minutes ago? Now it's like, what did I just do or what am I doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and to even watch yourself is uh, it's exhausting. It's just, yeah, it's just cognitively resource intensive. <laughs> yep, yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like dual booting your, your computer. <laughs> Ugh. <clears throat> um. Well, I, I think I want to go back a little bit because um, you were talking when you brought the Spider-Man No Way Home stuff. I didn't even think about it in that sort of context of feeling like you like the effects of your actions are still being felt despite you not being around, um, which I think is a bit of a different take on it. But I think the message itself is still kind of there except for in no way home because he (laughs) is choosing to be forgotten it's not like oh you know now i see that even with me forgotten like my my impact is still there and you know that's just you know goes to show and like hey maybe i want to be remembered again it's like no 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 like i see what my impact was and that's great and i want to keep having that be felt 
but I still want to be forgotten by these people because I feel like that's what's best for them. So even then it's still doing something in the service of other people and, and sort of letting yourself just kind of be a forgotten figure. I mean, that's impl- like the fact that his effects don't go away are implied. That's not really like part of the conversation in the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's really just like, they're going to forget you. <clears throat> that's, that's it. Um, so I don't know how much he thought about it. He really didn't have a lot of time to think about it or oh, know the specifics. Um, yeah, but the part of it being deliberate as well. I mean, this goes into uh, more, a deeper conversation on what suicidal ideation is and what suicidal acts are and how much you're in control or not of that. Um, which is not the conversation that we're having, but yeah, I, like, hmm. my mind's going in like uh, a few different directions on this. What other stories are there that, that, that do this, that, um, they can think of? Hmm. I'm vaguely remembering a Supergirl episode where <clears throat> she saw what the group would be like if she didn't come to Earth. Yep, that's um, true. And again, it was a situation where, yeah, maybe these big cosmic things weren't happening, but their life wasn't necessarily better without her. <laughs> Was that a Mr. Mixopedalic episode? I, th- yeah. I think it was. I think it was. Sounds yeah. like something he would do. Mm-hmm. Um. Hmm. Yeah. Would that, hmm. have you ever had that thought of like you wish you wish you had never been born, or you think people would have been better off without you? Are you asking me? Everybody. Oh, everybody. <laughs> I was to say, um, I think when when I was younger, when I was like a young spry teenager, I think during those times, that's when I would have had those thoughts of like things that probably would be better off if I wasn't around, or um, or especially when when my parents were in the middle of their divorce, and I definitely had thoughts like that um it never really got to like serious like deeper thoughts and things like that um but just kind of like huh wonder what it would be like if i just kind of ran away and just disappeared and nobody had to deal with me anymore um okay but so 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 that's right so like that's that's one version of it yeah what about like um we can we can visit those but like the, the idea of like i wish i had never been around you wish you had never been born, period. I think I've had those thoughts, but not necessarily in like, Ugh, I just wish I was never born. Everyone would be better off. I think it was more like, I wonder what life would have been like if I was never born. Like how different would my parents' life have been? Like if they only had my brother or if they had no children at all, what would their lives be like if I wasn't around, if I was never around to begin with? Or, uh, you know, I think about the, the people in my life and thinking how would their lives have been you know or like my wife for instance like if if i was never around and we never met like what would her life have been like 
it's so just more something like a thought experiment rather yeah. than like i wish i was never born <laughs> yeah <laughs> and, and for me specifically it was it's more of like a thought experiment rather than just genuinely wishing that um for me when it was more serious it was more of like i just wish i kind of ran away and was just gone and disappeared and then everyone's life would be better off because i wasn't around anymore um so yeah that's that's at least for me Josue's looking at us. There were times when I was younger where I definitely was like, I wish I was never born. Not so much recently. I think the thoughts that I have more often are like, I wish I'd never been in a relationship with that person and they'd never been in my life or I'd never done this or or they had never (laughs) been here. Um, But even then, lately I have come to, in the last few years, realize like, I learned a lot of things from those relationships that I, about what I don't want or do want now and if i hadn't gone through those things it would have taken me a lot longer to figure out what a healthy relationship looks like so i don't know okay now i'm just looking at link (laughs) (laughs) um the shortest answer is yes (laughs) um i definitely when i was when i was a teen which turns out that's a very common experience. Um, but I remember thinking like, oh, my pa- not necessarily like I wish I hadn't been born, but more so like, oh, my parents really should not have had children. Um, <laughs> which mm-hmm. I don't know that I necessarily came to that on my own or if that was more uh, a, a ripple effect from seeing anti-abortion protesters outside of Planned Parenthood who got up in my face and were like, well, what if your mom aborted you? And uh, being a sassy little teen, I was like, I wish she had. Um, (laughs) 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 That was, that sounds grand. Um, (laughs) But um, my, my suicidal ideation has always been more um, f- focused on my own suffering than on the impact it would have on other people. It's very much reflexive of like, oh, I'm experiencing some sort of uh, obstacle or uh, pain, suffering in my own life. Like, mm, sure wish I didn't have to experience this. Uh, you know, the best way to not experience things <laughs> is to not exist. Uh-huh. Um it doesn't happen so often anymore, but um, uh, yeah, yeah. I I have not particularly reflected on like what my friends and family's lives would be like without me in it altogether. But um, when my when my friend died in uh, twenty nineteen part of my grief process has been processing like the way we are all reacting to her no longer being around and then reflecting on how people I care about would cope with me not being around anymore. Um, But that's uh, more death focused than like, if you could just (laughs) control, control X me out of existence completely. Uh, feels a little bit different yeah yeah my mom is terminally ill and i was at the hospital with her last week and 
she was talking to me about how she resented me and my little sister when we were little for reasons other than the ones that I knew that she resented me already before, which we talk about in the past. And those type of conversations are a big part of the reason why I decided not to have kids because I understand why. And a lot, a lot like in the, in the movie and it's, it's a wonderful life. It's like, there are sacrifices that you choose to make because you think it's the right thing, but they're still sacrifices or they can still feel like sacrifices. And and then you have that what if kind of idea, you know, like what would have happened had I not done this? Because right now you're, you're suffering or you're struggling or you're unhappy. Things just aren't working out. So you start thinking, damn, had I done things differently or had I not done this or that? I think that the idea of, I wish I'd never been born is like the epitome of that type of, um, sacrifice idea of like the best thing I can do for everyone is to not even exist. So I'm willing to, to exchange my existence for other people's well-being or something like that, which is different from like suicidal ideation that comes from, I just want this to end because I'm suffering or I want to end the suffering for other people from this moment forward. So it's, uh, that's why I think it's an interesting um, thought experiment. So in that sense, I wished, I wished multiple times when I was younger that like, in a way it's like, I wish my mom hadn't had me <laughs> so that she had, so she could have lived a better life. But that assumes a lot of, um, responsibility, right? Like, like it's, it's an irrational thought to think that you're, that you have that effect on everyone. Like even in that movie, it just assumes that there's only one good person in that whole town, which is him, right? <laughs> if, if he isn't around, like everything just goes to shit. <laughs> and that, um, it's a cool story. I enjoyed the movie, but it's, you know, it's sad in the sense that nobody else stepped up. Nobody else was capable. Nobody else could actually, you know, band together to make something happen. That of course, a shitty town to live in. (laughs) Shitty, (laughs) shitty town. (laughs) And of course, like, and he knows how shitty it is. That's why he wants to leave. Right. But then he ends up being the only one who can, again, it's not like he saved the town, but he helped people along the way enough people to that when he finally needed a lot of help, all of those people were able to, were willing to help him in return out of appreciation. Oh, I was just going to say you, the uh, what you're saying about the, the shitty town and the one guy holding it together reminds me of um, Wendell and Wild, where when uh, the main character Kat's parents die, the town just collapses. <laughs> Things literally burn to the ground. People move away. Uh, it's uh, half a centimeter away from being a completely abandoned town. Um isn't that funny? Those stories, like and like the time well, travel stories. What, what too, I think stuff is, like that? is interesting is it's not necessarily framed that like her parents, like as like individual people, but more so that the way that they participated in the community was so important to holding the community together. Right? It's like they're doing a, a drive to 
raise money for library books um, through their brewery or whatever and, and stuff like that. Um, but it, that is immediately what came to mind. I was like, oh, I know another town that <laughs> really, really <laughs> needed the singular, well, in this case, two people, but the couple to uh, hold hold everything together, keep it going, keep it nice, happy place to live for all of the other people. There's, um, what is it? The story in, um, in DC comics, right? After Superman died, there was a series called the a world without Superman, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> There's a few things that happened there, right? But a lot of it is like the effect that that has on everyone. This was in the late nineties or mid nineties. Um, but one thing that, that I always loved that DC did was that they, they came up with four imposters who appeared afterwards. And they called them imposters, but the truth is that they were four people who were inspired by or chose to take the mantle of Superman and kind of help out with that. I I don't know. I would hope that that's, that's kind of what happens, you know? One person doesn't just disappear and then, and then it's all over or, or certain things just stop going through, you know, or, or, or progressing. The civil rights movement didn't die, didn't end when, you know, civil rights leaders were assassinated. It kept moving. It kept, because there were other people who cared about that as well. I, th- I think in that way, It's a Wonderful Life is a very white story. The whitest mm-hmm. st- savior story. The whitest saviorist story. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And on a larger scale, that's all true. And I can also see, though, like, a parent or a grandparent dies in a family, and it does fall apart. People stop getting together for holidays or birthdays or whatever, and they stop talking to each other as much. That happens all the time. And I definitely have talked to clients about that, too. Um, Unless there's another person that can be the glue for that for that family or group. And sometimes that can happen in friend groups and stuff too. Someone moves away, stops inviting everybody to everything and it just kind of falls apart. My D&D yeah. campaign kind of went like that. Um yeah. but yeah. So there is that that piece oh, it's, it's on a smaller scale. <laughs> or even at a larger scale. Like I truly That's do true. believe that like a, a, a national leader, a politician can actually, you know, be a huge influence and, and cause change. But the assumption that we. That they're the only one that can do it. <clears throat> well, no, no, no. The assumption that we, because the the thing about George Bailey and the, it's a wonderful life. It, he doesn't, he doesn't see himself that way. Right. right. He doesn't even realize that he has a positive effect. So really it's like, I think the, the idea that, that you are so just like it would be kind of arrogant to assume that um you know everything is great because you're there but that's not really what we're talking about right it's like someone wishing that they weren't there (laughs) because you think that you're making everything worse and that's also kind of arrogant i guess because like take on that much responsibility it's like oh yeah it's all your fault yeah or 
or in a sense it's just like hey i'm just <laughs> i'm just doing i'm just doing this because hey i'm helping somebody out like i know this person it's like oh i'm just doing my due gel- due diligence this is nothing special and not even thinking about what sort of things he's doing it's more of like oh well you know i just know this person they're my friend so yeah i'm gonna help them out oh i'm gonna do this for them oh, i'm gonna do that in in the sense of like it's that that ignorance of like not realizing just how much good he is doing for him um but that also kind of brings me to like the idea of captain america like captain america himself like the the or the the mantle of captain america is something that continues onward but steve rogers was the person that everybody sort of turned to and then when he decided to go back in time and then live out his life you know normally that way Spoilers. and then when he would <laughs> <laughs> um it's one of those things where everybody starts to kind of question things and sort of fall apart so they're like man i wish he was around oh i wish he was still here like he would know what to do he like he like, they they're looking for somebody who's no longer there um and because he decided he probably did everything he could do and now he wanted to do something for himself which was remove himself from the current time it's time travel it's all it's all wishy it's all a little wishy-washy but in a sense he he kind of he he removes himself from the picture he's just like and i'm no longer going to be around in this sense as captain america i'm gonna remove myself and now i'm i'm back but i'm an old man and I'm no longer Captain America. I mean, it, I mean, it could be, you could see that as just retirement or you could see it as a suicide, right? Like we don't know if he's just at the end, right? Like he's, he's, he's saying he's drawing the line and he's like, I'm not moving forward anymore. Like his actions didn't change unless you want to go into a multiverse argument about which world he was actually <laughs> in and how this actually affected and whether or not he was actually in this timeline or the other one, like that's a whole other thing. <laughs> but you know, from the moment, from the perspective that, that you're referring to, <clears throat> right. He's just, he's just choosing to stop, which I mean, which is not like, uh, I don't think it's a stretch, right? Like, I mean, th- like we, <laughs> I know I joke about this all the time, but like, I want to retire. I don't want to be the president of, of, of GT, right? I want to, I, I want to hang up my hat. I don't think that everything's going to end. I want it to continue. I keep joking about how, you know, one of the three of you or all three of you, you know, are going to be president. <laughs> Link. <laughs> Got it. Oh, um, yeah. It's like, you know, I don't, I don't want to do something. And then how you do that is, um, I could quit in a in a blaze of glory in a dramatic fashion, or you know we can we can do a, a slow you know training of Mark. So you know we could just do it. We could just do a Twitter poll. We could just do a Twitter poll. This is true. <laughs> we could. It's true. They're legally binding. <laughs> <laughs> only if you pay for the blue check mark, though. It's the only way you can vote. Um, yeah, so I think, I think stories like this can be used in a few different ways. I'll tell you my favorite, my favorite version of this that comes to mind. There's an anime film called Weathering With You. Have any of you watched it? Nope. It's, uh, oh, I forgot the director's name. 
Shinkai. What is what is his name? I want to get it right. Let me look it up real quick. But in weathering with you, Otako weathering with you, by. Makoto Shinkai. Yeah. So, um, in this movie, there's this teenage girl who is some kind of, I don't know, there's something, there's some legend or something, right, about this person who gets born and, and, and affects the weather. And she learns that if she, the longer she stays alive, the, the worse that um, the climate is. So she realizes that she, if she, you know, the longer she stays alive, the more it's going to rain and the more people are going to suffer. And I love this movie because she's struggling with this, right? And she has friends and she, she knows people. And even though she's convinced that like she has to kill herself to, to basically help everybody else in the end, she she says fuck it and she doesn't kill herself and she lets the weather get worse and there's an adult at one point who's like look like you're a kid live your life we can all we can all deal with a little rain it's going to be fine and and they do like a, a a skip forward in the film um a few years into the future and yeah like like tokyo's like really underwater <laughs> like like there's some crazy flooding but everybody adapted and like civilization continues on and her and the other characters are still in school and nothing you know things are different but they didn't the world didn't end which is i think this you know in, in rebt we talk about well, there's the, the catastrophizing right i mean you know a lot of cbt you talk about catastrophizing just that idea of like it's the worst, right? Like the situation is the worst it can possibly be, or I'm affecting everything. Climate change is my fault, right? Sea level rise is my fault. Um, COVID is my fault, right? Like you start thinking things like that. It's like, that's like, you're, you're going to an extreme here. It's, it's not, that's not accurate. Um, you're, you're thinking the worst possible, right? Uh, version of this. And, and yeah, so I think, like when you're in therapy, you learn that kind of stuff, right? Ideally, it's like the version in your head that is so terrible and is making everyone's life miserable. It's probably not accurate. It might be a little bit, but it's, it's probably not as bad as you think it is. It's funny because you talking about that brought up life is strange for me. And the idea that, like, yes, it really was all Max's fault. Like, the the big storm, all of it literally was Max's fault. Um, yes. Right. And, but, but at the end, like, Chloe's like, well, you should, you should let me die. You should let me die and let the, and, and keep the storm from destroying the town. And... 10 times out of 10, I'm going to let, I'm not going to let her die and I'm going to let everyone else die. Um, and not let her essentially wish herself out of existence. Um, and yeah. Make that well, decision. Like, right. And in that case it is, it is Max's 
decision. And mm-hmm. as a player, it's our decision. Mm-hmm. I believe I also chose to save Chloe and destroy the town. Mm-hmm. But also, it's like, it's a tornado. But we also, we also don't, no. it's a tornado, hurricane, supernatural thing. thing. They're a real thing. But we don't, like, and I would love, I would love to know what happened to the world. I know the town got destroyed, but what about the rest of the world? I would love to know that. <laughs> yeah. Come on, well, Don, give me some. <laughs> I mean, like, I've, but I would also assume that like, not everybody died, right? I mean, it's just a, it was, it was a storm. Mm-hmm. Sure, it was a, pretty, a big a storm. storm. It was, it was <laughs> a big storm. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's very similar, right? I'm just mm-hmm. like, <sighs> do you have to sacrifice yourself, you know, to help all these people? And it's a wonderful life, right? Like he's going to jump off a bridge. Um, mostly to end his own suffering, right? I don't really think that he's thinking about it. Like, I don't think it's necessarily to end his own suffering. I think it's because he, because his his bank's missing the eight thousand dollars because his uncle goofed up, and so he has his life insurance policy that's worth fifteen thousand dollars. So <laughs> I know, right? All right, but. Because yeah, he tells him when you're he went worth, to, you're worth he, more dead, more than, dead alive. than alive. So he's like, oh, so if I, if I remove myself, if, if I just mm-hmm. eat myself off this bridge, they'll get the fifteen thousand dollars. One, I, you know, his like the the firm will be saved, and his family will be better off because now they won't have to risk him going to jail for fraud or for whatever. Yeah. Um, you're right. So he was it, just sacrificing more, himself again. Yeah, he was willing to make the ultimate sacrifice in order to save his the firm and save his family, save his uncle, all that stuff. The um, town in a way. You're right. You're right. I but, watched it at two X, and I, I guess I kind I kind of missed some of the details. Yeah, but but by doing so, then he's not realizing the positive impact he did have on people, and just how many people would be affected by his loss if he were to take his own life, and that's what. Clarence is trying to show him so that way he can yeah. get his wings. You're right. You're right. But I I can't believe I forgot about this. And this is this is gonna get a, a real laugh, but I forgot there is another another movie that touches on this topic. And it's believe it or not, it's Shrek. <laughs> um shrek forever after I, I was i was looking it up because i was like i was trying to remember movie because i know i've seen these movies before. is it the like second one or movies. the third one it's the fourth one it's the forever <laughs> ever after where it's shrek forever after and him and fiona get into an argument and so he visits rumpelstiltskin and he's like i will give you a day to be a real ogre again and all i ask for in exchange is a day from your past the day he chooses is the day he was born. So because he took that day, that's shady. <laughs> so because he took, but so because he took that day, he could then take over and rule the the land or whatever, because he could, you know, because he's magic and all that stuff. And so that's what happens. And then he goes on this quest then to sort of break the contract and, and find the loophole and whatever <laughs> to to you know do all that stuff. But I have to I, go back remember- in time and make sure my parents fuck. <laughs> <laughs> that's back to the future one oh yeah. wow <laughs> these stories are so important to our culture 
<laughs> yeah, I, I was I was trying to look up. I was like, man, I know that I've seen more stuff like this, and I couldn't remember it for the life of me. And so I saw this. I was on the site, and it, it popped. That popped up. I was like, oh yeah, there's. It's a Shrek movie where they explore like what life would be like if Shrek wasn't born, and it goes into this whole thing of like ogres being being treated as you know, subhuman. Um, and there's like a rebellion and Fiona is actually the leader of it. And a whole lot of other stuff that, that goes into it. But I was like, wow, like, like Link said, it, <laughs> it pops up a lot more than you kind of think about. How many Shreks are there? There's four, I think. There, there is only and four. Now, and now some Puss in Boots movies. Yeah. yeah, and a couple of Puss in Boots movies. There's like two or three of them. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so. Josue, when you were talking about in his wonderful life, the the line about you're worth more dead than alive, um, that tickled my brain, reminded me of something. And I was like, I have seen like a show or or a movie. I I, I think it's a show uh, where somebody it has some sort of illness that requires treatment that is way beyond their family's means um and so in order to save the family from going into terrible debt and losing everything he's like i'm just gonna kill myself and that's how i'm gonna solve this problem um couldn't remember what show it was from so i (laughs) typed in google suicide to avoid medical debt and I want you guys to know the whole first page is like, help is available, 988 suicide and crisis lifeline. Like all this, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm sorry, you. Google. That is not what I meant. I'm fine. Um, it was probably an episode of House or NCIS or something like that. Um, but that is a, that is a legitimate thing that people have to deal with is the the idea of like, living under capitalism like there is a monetary value attached to our lives and so for some people mm-hmm. the math is like mm, actually the math is mathing that uh my family would be better off if i was dead um it's pretty fucked up y'all mm-hmm. yep 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 988 suicide and crisis lifeline available 24 hours <laughs> Text or call, I believe. <laughs> hmm. I'm surprised you didn't realize that was going to happen when you. I don't. I don't. I really. You know. I spent so much time like googling random shit. <laughs> and I. I. I don't know what. I, I really thought it was just going to pull up. Like, oh, do you mean episode like six oh nine of House? And I'm like, there it is. That's what I was looking for. <laughs> Google's like, are you okay? You good? I actually couldn't believe that I forgot An- another Christmas movie that that goes over this topic, the Santa Claus three. <laughs> really? <laughs> I mean, come on, yeah. Where he he wishes that he was ne- he had never been Santa at all because Jack Frost tricks him so Jack Frost can become Santa. So they go back when he has the snow globe and he says it and they go back in time and then Jack Frost takes the coat and then it explores what life would be like if Scott had never become Santa. And then he's like, oh, yeah, no, like I I want all of this. And he understands the true meaning of, of Christmas time 
especially with family, especially when they're difficult. Um, and yeah, a nice little feel good story right there. But I they, see like this, this trope, I, as I'm, as we've kind of talked about more with this, it pops up a lot more than I thought it did. I mean, it is very much like you know, the baseline Christmas story is, you know, reflecting, being dissatisfied with your life, reflecting upon it and coming to realize that actually it's it's pretty good and worthwhile. That's sort of the the Christmas narrative that gets reused over and over again. Um, so it does make sense to tie that to thinking about killing yourself. Um fits right in there pretty pretty easy peasy you throw a couple of lights on a tree some holiday jingles you got a movie baby well you, you can't forget the snow it's always gotta, it's gotta be snow it's gotta be snow there's snow here right now we're getting it tomorrow this way that's why that's why google was like don't don't suicide because uh, it's like <laughs> oh based on your location information it's snow right now Please don't kill yourself. Please don't wonderful life yourself, please. <laughs> please don't wish you never. Uh, we just, were uh, never based born. on your GPS location, you are within walking distance of a bridge. No, <laughs> don't. Would that be a good thing? Like if, if, if Google was that close to like... Yeah. I don't know. Like most of those things, it's sort of, it's always kind yeah. of a double-edged sword where it's like on the one hand, it's like, yes, being more aware of that is good, but you're also making the user more aware of it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I didn't, I was, I hadn't thought about that. Right. That, I forgot I there mean, was a bridge there. Like that ties directly back in with, <clears throat> with suicide itself is like when somebody dies by suicide, it, people around them are more likely to consider dying by suicide also. Um, yeah, I know. Yeah. I mean, I, like every time I think about that, I'm like, no, that can't be. But like the research keeps coming up, but that's what happens. It's like, oh, damn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's how I was thinking about that. Um, yeah. I don't know. I keep going back to the, to, to this movie, Mark. I didn't the realize how much he sacrifices himself. Right. Because again, like there's there's those two versions. Like, am I doing it for me or am I doing it for someone else? Um, and in that movie, you're right. He just sacrificed himself over and over and over again, and he was doing it again. Just to, he was willing to sacrifice himself again to do to help everyone out. Yeah, you know, I think when I watched it the first time, I think I I related to the movie so much because I I found myself in him so much um and i was like huh that was a hundred percent me um and and in the in the sense that i would gladly sacrifice everything if i could for the sake of other people helping other people um especially those that are close to me um and now i'm not obviously not so much like that um i'm still there for the people i care about but um i have boundaries now they're still a little loosey goosey, but we're getting there. Um, but this second time around, I think when I watched it from a more objective standpoint, as opposed to kind of trying to see myself and try to find myself relating to it, 
that's when the deeper question was getting posed. And I was like, huh, you know, I see like how much he's willing to sacrifice. And in the movie, they paint it as, you know, it's this great thing. He he gave up so much because he cared about those in the town and he was trying to prevent the corrupt capitalist from taking over and making everything into utter trash. Um, but then you dig deeper and it's like, but is that necessarily a good thing? Because look what ended up happening. He gave up so much and it put him into the, to the mindset of even considering taking his own life simply to help out those around him instead of taking the time to be like, hmm, let's try to think of another solution before I decide to just, you know, yeet myself. Yeah, I'm still, I'm still very much that. Like, I think I've set up boundaries and I'm, and I'm, and I'm don't do that as much anymore. But the other day a friend was like, I would never do all the things that you <laughs> do for your family. Like, I don't know. Like I've said, but I mean, I do a lot less compared to what I used to. I'm, I'm, I'm way more conscious of the toll that it takes on me now. I didn't really think about that before. I think that's kind of where I was at when I said like they're very I have boundaries but they're very loosey goosey. I think it's just like no, I still do that. I'm just more aware of it now. I'm just at least now I understand like oh, I'm probably doing a little too much. I'm going to keep doing it, but at least I'm aware about it and I'm aware of the toll that it takes. Does but your, I'm st- <laughs> Does your wife tell you? Like will she point out when you're she has yeah. and she has in the past like especially with work cuz there's um for a while especially last year when I was like in my first year of kind of working I was picking up all the time I was doing doubles all the time back to back doubles even like I was working myself <sighs> to the bone um and even when I stopped picking up and working the double shifts I would still find myself staying like I my shift ends at 3:30 Time, there are times I wouldn't leave until like five o'clock because I was trying to do everything I could to help out my my coworkers or the PM people or I'm doing something for the kids. Um, and so then eventually she would call me out on that. Cause she's like, hey, like you're leaving very late and, you know, now it's cutting into the times that we have or now you're late to this thing that we said we were going to go do or now we're going to we're going to be late because you still have to drive home. You still have to change, yada, yada, yada. Um, so I've gotten better with the work aspect of things. Um, but when it comes to like friends or things like that, I, I'm very much a person that like even if I hate it, I'm still going to do it. If a friend were to call me up and say, hey, I'm moving. I need help. I'm going to be kicking myself Why? in the ass. I don't know. Because like, what, like, you, it, takes, it takes time to unlearn uh, behaviors <laughs> you were taught as a child. Bing bong. But, but, <laughs> no, no, but, but, but like what is, but what, what is the, like what is the why of that behavior? Like what, what were you taught? Like what's the, that's how you show love. Belief? <laughs> that's how Is you, that that's off? how you show love. Hmm. For me, it's, it's, it's never really been that for me. It's way more of a, more of an arrogant piece where I'm like, I'm like nobody else can like, if I don't do it, these but people don't, are just don't you say it's like that, that 
in a way in that like ego way is like it is giving you value that is what makes you valuable to the family is that you can yes, do that yes. thing and being yeah, valuable yeah. to the family therefore makes you worthy of love mm, yeah i guess i think they're attached See, that that more that really uh fits more so with my with the way i do work because th- i've tried teaching people to do the things that i do sometimes and nobody can do it right and it just creates more hassle and more of a headache so i'm like fuck it nope i'm gonna do it because if i don't do it <laughs> it's gonna get screwed up and it's gonna create more of a headache so no i'm that's perfectionism no that's a whole other problem <laughs> as well they're but, they're overlapsed there are. yeah i think i think that's a slight some of it's perfectionism because it's like yeah i can do it and i can get it done right but other things is i add value because i know how to do this thing and so people will turn to me to do the thing that has its backlashes, but it, you know, I'd rather at least have them come to me because they know that I can do the thing that no one else can do. Even if it annoys the crap out of me, it can also be tied to like self-esteem where it's like, if there's going to be negative consequences for this thing not being done, it's like, I would rather have my own, like, if I don't hold myself in high esteem, it's like, oh, you know, the the business or the family member, the friend group, whatever, the negative impacts on them would be worse than me just taking the negative impact because like me personally is not as like valuable or important. So it's like, it's fine if I take the hit. I, for me, it's it's more... It's with great power comes great responsibility type of thing. Like in my mind, sometimes when it comes to my family, maybe some friends, maybe some GT stuff, <laughs> I'm like, I'm the only one who can do this. Like there's no, there's nobody else. And it's not really about what I get. This is why I find, I find um, most Spider-Man stories relatable. Cause like he doesn't do it for fame. He doesn't do it for any reason other than, he just feels guilty as fuck like <laughs> if he that he's got that he can and if he doesn't then people are going to get hurt like it's a responsibility that he has he tortures himself constantly um every single moment of every single day <laughs> um and i i think that that's more like what it feels like to for me because i have complicated relationships with with my family members um and yet i still if I think I can make a difference, I will do it. And it's not just with them. I mean, they're just the ones I'm mostly aware of that have something going on. But I have fallen on many swords for people who are also not family just because I saw, like, I had that that Spider-Man moment where I'm like, okay, I saw something and it's up to me and nobody else can do it. Which is not, I'm recognizing that's not true. But that's what goes through my mind. I think, I think, yeah. It's a wonderful life. It's a Spider-Man movie. <laughs> no wonder much, why no one I can do you tolerate like it, it so much. Yep. Yep. It's one of the few Christmas movies I can tolerate. Yep. Yep. You like it. It's, it's a over Spider-Man here. story. I yeah. am a Grinch, actually. Yeah. But right, right. Like every time it's like... It's nobody else. It's, it's 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 me. Like there's nobody else who can do it. It's gotta be me. So, and like 
sometimes that is true. Like in life, living, existing, like sometimes there are situations where it's like, you're here, you're the one. It's it's you, baby. But you don't have to do it though, right? Like you can let, like, fuck it, let them die. Let them suffer. Let them, you know, whatever thing. Most of the time, like, I'm not saving lives over here. I'm yeah. just, like, easing some discomfort. I'm just making somebody's life a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. In hindsight, in the moment, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm fucking Superman over here. I'm I'm amazing. You know, like, I'm changing. Amazing Spider-Man. Changing lives. Just amazing, friendly neighborhood, sacrificial lamb. Welcome to the therapy part of gay therapy. <laughs> I was trying really hard to not venture into this area. I mean, you've been circling around it since the beginning. Just a lot of therapy. Hey. Just so much. Yeah, Mark. I don't. I don't know what, where else you want to go with this. I think. I think. Whew, I think I we went think, deep. I think we've yeah. admitted some things. I think we've had moments here. I think. Yeah. I think. I mean, I don't really know. I don't really have anything else. I I think what we've talked about so far has been has been really great. It's it, my headache has actually started going away. Mm. It was totally like it, the I, caffeine. I, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm gonna say it was your guys' was wonderful contributions oh, to was, this conversation. It was conversation. the spirit of Christmas. <laughs> the spirit. Of it Christmas. was the spirit of Chrysler. Spirit of- I don't know how Christmas, Christmas magic works. It just just does. Merry Christmas. Yep. Yep. Well, I think, I think we brought up a whole bunch of media examples. I think that there's definitely, um, stuff that people can use, um, from this conversation because it's not just like, I wish I was never born. It's, I wish I wasn't here in the future. Right. It, it definitely goes into some internal struggles that you might be thinking about existential crises, but also suicidal ideation sure. and, I think there's a lot of examples of movies where you can kind of play with those ideas. And I'm glad we, I'm glad we explored like all sides of it. A lot of movies are like, Oh no, you know, the world is better off with you in it than not. But some stories are like, eh, it would be, Oh yeah. I forgot to mention like, I don't know. Like I, like I'd love to see, you know, like I love the idea of like, let's go kill Hitler. Let's go kill Reagan. You know how much better things would be, you know, you know, like those stories? Let's yeah. <laughs> I want to that's a future I want to imagine. Um I got Nina got me for Hanukkah a trial by trolley uh expansion pack R-rated version and one of the cards for it is Hitler's parents. Now your now's your chance. Um <laughs> Yep. So, yeah. Yep. Yep. That's a whole whole other game. Yeah. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. all moral, ethical questions i'd love um, to play mm-hmm. that game yeah so even even trial by trolley you know might be helpful in mm-hmm. <laughs> in some of these conversations <clears throat> so yeah i think i think uh lots of good media examples um and also of course all versions of the christmas carol <laughs> they're all valid <laughs> there's there's a reason why these stories are popular over decades and it's because it resonates with how we understand ourselves and our places within society that was because they keep making money. It's like guaranteed every Christmas you put out a Christmas carol. Uh, well, can be both. They, <laughs> why why, why do they keep both. making money? Because they resonate with people. <laughs> it can be both. All right. Any closing thoughts, Lara? 
No. <laughs> Link. Uh, happy Hanukkah. And um, if you are struggling this winter, you are not alone. But the sun will come back and it'll feel a little bit better. Thank you, Link. <laughs> Mark, who's your topic? Any closing thoughts? You get an existential crisis. You get an existential crisis. Everyone gets an existential crisis for Christmas this year. Oh, yeah. Yep. And Hanukkah. (laughs) Well, this has been the closest you're going to get to a holiday episode of uh, GT Radio for 2022. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us. Please, uh, you know, come say hi in our community, community spaces. Tell us what your favorite holiday movies are. What are your existential crises during the holidays? And, you know, what's your favorite movie about, uh, you know, people not being born? Is it The Butterfly Effect, like Lara? Is it? <laughs> is it It's a Wonderful it's my Life? my favorite. It's the one that came it's to a Wonderful mind. Life? You said it was your favorite. <laughs> is it is it's A Wonderful Life, like for Mark? Is it Back to the Future for <laughs> Link? Because <laughs> Link's that's, all about the... That's the one you picked for gotta me? Make, okay. Yeah, because, because you were so excited about that. Got to make sure that your parents... That your parents I get together so that you're born. Yeah. No, well. I mean, I my favorite Back to the Future is, <laughs> is the Futurama episode where Brimey is his own grandpa. Um, not really the Christmas vibe. <laughs> An interesting take on the grandfather paradox. Um, but yeah. Um, community spaces are in the show notes remember to geek out and do good happy holidays happy new year and we'll see y'all in 2023 bye geek therapy is a 501c3 nonprofit organization dedicated to making the world a better place through geek culture to learn more about our mission and become a supporter visit geektherapy.org